Well, good morning, East Tennessee. I'm Scott Brokamp, founder and co-owner of His Security and Technology. Welcome to Around the House this morning. Man, I'll tell you what. It is a beautiful morning to sit out on the porch, mm-hmm. sip your coffee or tea or water or whatever it is that you may like. We'll get to it later today, but it may be the official kickoff of pumpkin spice latte season. Uh, anyway, we will. We're just gonna bypass the whole conversation. Not a pumpkin spice latte fan, but anyway, one thing that is orange that i like is our tennessee vols we do have football today and uh well let's just say this i got a feeling our boys are going to be ready to play today the vols are hosting texas san antonio roadrunners today four o'clock if you don't have tickets you can watch the game on the sec network Listen to the Vol Radio Network or our sister station, WIVK. And for the first time ever, the game will be broadcast in Spanish on the Tennessee Athletics app and on utsports.com. If you're a history buff, today is John Sevier Day, and historic Marble Springs, the home of Governor John Sevier, is having a huge reenactment in open house from 10 to 4. The event is free. Don't forget, the Market Square Farmer's Market is open every Saturday. This season is winding down, and the last market day this year is November 18th. Get there while you still can. For a complete list of events happening around your house today, go to visitknoxville.com. Well, Knoxville is not the only place to have fun. Now that fall is here, we will soon be in prime leaf peeping season and that brings tourists to east tennessee and the great smoky mountains one of the quickest ways to get from knoxville into the park is well through townsend communications director for the blunt county chamber of commerce jeff Muir is with us this morning to talk about the townsend fall heritage festival and other great things that are happening in and around blunt county good morning jeff how are you good morning i'm doing well thank you for having me you well, hey man, I'm glad that you're here. I, I know that uh, we had some some uh, previous scheduling conflicts, but I'm glad we were able to get it worked out. Um, you know, Blunt County is just—I mean, it's just a bustling community right now. You guys have so many things going on over there, which I know we will get to. We will get to uh, discuss some of the economic development things, but there's. Besides economic development, there is a whole nother path of life that happens in that area. Uh, you know, Townsend, you guys, you really are. Uh, uh, I mean, I, I'm familiar with Highway 321, and of course, it runs from well, my my land of Loudoun County, but right through Blunt County, right into the Great Smoky Mountains. And uh, I, I know, just like us, that's a, uh, it's great to be able to have that highway be a part of our culture you know and and a part of what we do so what's happening this weekend i know there's some special things going on yeah you know blunt county is a wonderful place to live uh we and and work and play and so we build it as the peaceful side of the smokies it's the calmer side uh you can go out and and get a cabin in the in the forest and and just enjoy a nice you know uh, kick off the fall season like it is right now but there's also you know plenty of entertainment options and lots of history to be found in Mm -hmm. the area you know cades cove speaks for itself uh, the visitors that get drawn there are tremendous uh, amount every year. And also one of the great 
uh, probably hidden treasures that most people don't know as they're driving through uh, Highway 321 through Townsend into the National Park is the Great Smoky Mountains Heritage Center. Uh, it's been around probably about 20, 25 years now, and it's just a great spot for just learning about the history of this area, you know, how the Appalachian uh, community and heritage uh, built this area, built the Cades Cove area. And one of the things that they've really done over the last uh, few years uh, is really work on their programming. Uh, before it was more just kind of a history museum. Uh, you could see artifacts, you know, from the mm. from the ancient Native Americans that were here all the way to the people that kind of first settled in Cades Cove, made it into a lumbering community, because uh, that was the, the first kind of industry that started in this area. This was all, you know, lumber and timberland uh, in the early 1800s, late 1800s. And so, but now uh, what the Heritage Center had done with Logan Hole and, and, and their crew, uh, they've really worked on bringing uh, musical acts in. And so they've turned it into a kind of an entertainment venue. And one of the great uh, uh, concerts going on tonight, actually, is uh, Dean Dillon. He's one of the, if, if you're a country music fan, uh, you might be familiar with a lot of his songs. He's written for David Allen Coe, George Jones, Toby Keith, and even Kenny Chesney, who's you know a local uh, East Tennessee favorite here as well. And he's Lo- performing local legend, you yeah, can say, right? Yeah, yeah, he's he's pretty well known around these parts, and uh, you know he's performing tonight there. So they've done a really good job of really working on programming for that uh, that perspective as well. And so uh, you know Townsend is just a gateway, and you know as we've kind of discovered uh, throughout the the time, a lot of the travel apps uh, are directing traffic on highway 321 mm-hmm. and so that's why people say oh there's you know a lot more traffic that's yeah. coming through here and it's like well the reason is because the travel apps on people's phones are directing people on highway 321 right. and so that's that's where you see a lot of the locals you know complaining about traffic you know you know people a lot, a lot more traffic in this area but that, that's one of the main reasons why right well and you know it- I mean, we deal with that same thing, and, and that that conversation is true, right? I mean, look, when I get in my car, I put I plug in my GPS, right? I want to know where my map program is taking me because it's giving me real-time live alerts. And while I'm working during the days and I'm going from appointment to appointment, I need to be able to keep a timeline. Yeah. And, you know, but that's exactly what we see. We see a lot of those diversions off of the main interstates taking some of those back roads. I, I've got to tell you, we... Uh, that can be very pleasant. And I know that especially when folks get the trip down 321, it is very pleasant. There are so many things. There's especially once you get to the Blunt County side of things, there are tons of antique shops. Uh and then as you said, once you get to towns and there's so many different things to just kind of as my mama would say, putts around, <laughs> right? There you can just really have an enjoyable time. Uh and, and I I've got to say we my family and I, we took a, a short break um, a few weeks ago at the end of August, and that hurricane came through, and we had to change our plans. Mm-hmm. And we ended up down in Georgia. I, I don't even know where we were at, but we found this great place to go for a few days, and then we went to Savannah. Well, from where we were at and how you got to Savannah, you just couldn't get on a major highway. Wow. And so the majority of our trip was back roads, to get to Savannah. And I'm just going to tell you, I'm normally the guy that gets in the car and, and I, I, I want to get there. Okay. But it was so calm. It was so peaceful and it was so cool because we really were taking in bits and pieces of history on that journey. We would come to these little towns and 
the traditional real town square mm-hmm. and just the 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 houses and the architecture and and as a family we took that in and i know because a lot of times when we go to the smoky mountains from our place we go 321 mm-hmm. and it is there's so many uh so many milestones and so many things along the way that if you'll just slow down and look around you can really have a nice awesome enjoyable trip um you know i i moved up here from the carolinas and the ironic thing is i lived off of highway 321 in the carolinas and so i got a crazy bug up my rear one day and i decided i'm going to take 321 and go all the way see where it goes (laughs) now it was a long journey but i'm gonna tell you though it was so cool it was so cool so many neat little stops along the way uh, so I just encourage you, if you have not journeyed down 321 through Blount County to make your way to the Great Smoky Mountains National Park, do it, do it, take your time, uh, enjoy in some of the stops that are along the way. No, absolutely. And what, you know, this is one of the, as we enter, you know, the first day of fall, uh, according to the National Park Service, the peak. Uh, leaf changing may be a little bit earlier this year. So obviously one of the great spots to, to see the, to view the leaves, leaves changing is, is the Foothills Parkway. And that's, mm. that's a tremendous route to, route to take uh, through the county into the national park as well. But yeah, so, you know, usually it's kind of, you know, late October before you kind of see the, the peak season, but you know, the national park is kind of projecting this year, maybe a little bit earlier in October. So if you're going to make a trip to, to to view that and enjoy the the colors changing you know maybe 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 move up your cabin cabin rental a couple weeks or something like that blend it'd be great to to see so yeah so you guys you also have some other events happening coming up here for uh fall to to christmas yeah one of the things another couple of things they've got at the heritage center uh they've got a great uh, pottery festival the end of october uh that is a tremendous thing if you like uh, pottery it's great for uh finding those one-of-a-kind gifts for the upcoming holiday season as well. A lot of local handcrafters are there. Uh, it's actually uh, performed. Uh, there's a there's a pottery guild in East Tennessee, and they, they kind of head that up. So it's really a great – you find some great artifacts there. I've been to it a couple times, uh, kind of little pottery fans in our in our household, and so got some got some great items there. But uh, And also they're doing a holiday handcrafters festival in November – uh, as well so if you're looking for those handcrafted items it's one of a kind things uh lots of things going on at the heritage center uh as well and one of the fun things that they do uh is they have what a section uh, what they do periodically throughout the year is the smoky mountain storytellers uh these are some local people that uh, really do a great job of telling the history of the area and if you're really a history buff or just kind of want to know what's the story behind the two sisters cabins and 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 those type of different things that are that are in Cades Cove uh those are some great opportunities to really learn about the heritage uh in the Appalachian heritage in this area so the heritage center's got a lot of good things going on and and there is there are definitely a lot of good things going on well we are up to uh, our first break here of the hour if you've got questions for jeff or myself give us a call 865-656-8255 that's 865-656-8255 call or text anytime we'll be right back here on around the house with scott brokamp on news talk 98.7 woki welcome back to around the house 
Hope you're enjoying this beautiful, beautiful morning outside. Low humidity, nice temperature. I think we need to start thinking about adding a deck on outside the studio so we could just, you know, go sit outside on a deck, have coffee, run the show. Perfect. <laughs> I, I I mean, it, I, I think we, I don't know. Chris, who, who can we get to pull that off? <laughs> <laughs> great answer great answer that's kind of what i figured the answer was going to be but you know still look greater things have happened from crazier ideas i'm just going to say that so uh any rate if you were listening with us at the beginning of the the first uh segment here we are speaking with the blunt county chamber of commerce uh mr jeff muir jeff thank you so much for being with us this morning appreciate it you know, I didn't even ask, am I butchering that last name or I got it? You've nailed it right on the head. All right. You've nailed it. You know, I, I, I didn't do very good in English class, so I just want to say, uh, listen, if you want to know what's going on in Blunt County, other than listening to Jeff this morning, you can go to bluntpartnership.com. That will get you to the Chambers website. And, man, there is just so much happening out in Blunt County. Well, much like many of the areas here, uh, here in East Tennessee, but... I know one of the, well, one of the big things that is important to you guys is the Townsend Fall Festival. Yeah, the Townsend Fall Festival uh, is kind of our tribute to the Appalachian <coughs> heritage that you know, permeates through this area. So it's the 32nd year that we've had it. You don't find too many long-running festivals anymore. Uh, a lot of them kind of run a life cycle. You know, Maryville had the uh, their fall festival for a number of years, ran about 25 years, and just kind of ran a life cycle. But uh, this, this really unique about the Townsend uh, Fall Festival is its tribute to bluegrass and bluegrass music and kind of the heritage that it that it has in this area with the people that settled in Cades Cove and the music traditions they brought with them. And uh, the people, that, the, the bands that play it, they, they don't get paid to play the festival. They play, mm -hmm. it, they, play it, they play the festival on their own. But what's really unique about it is, is they'll have uh, what they call picking parties. And so mm -hmm. they'll have, there's different tents located around the property and even around the porch uh, on the, at the Townsend Visitor Center. And if you're a musician, and I mean, they'll be out there just playing songs. Just a group of them will get together. It doesn't necessarily mean from the same band or anything. They just, just neighborhood people come together and and play music. And it's it's really great. It's really kind of that throwback to getting together with family members or friends and just enjoying an afternoon of playing music. And so if you're, if you, if you have, if you play music, play a mandolin or play a guitar or, uh, you know, a bass, uh, just come on out and, and enjoy and step into one of these groups. I mean, they're happy to have you. They're happy to show you little tricks that they've learned over the years and, and they just play songs and you just, you, you step in, they're playing and you just step in and start playing right along with them. And, and so even, uh, they'll even do a band of, uh, a segment at the, at the show where, just ordinary people just step up on the stage and there'll be a group of them playing together and, and they figure mm -hmm. out what song they want to play and it goes right into it. It's, it's really fun thing to see because, uh, you see all generations you see, mm -hmm. I've seen kids as young as, you know, nine, 10 out there playing their mandolin with, uh, you know, elderly gentlemen in their seventies out there. And it, it's great to see the connection that, 
music mm-hmm. brings people together uh, to, to see that connection made. So, yeah, the Townsend Hall, uh, Fall Festival is next weekend. It's uh, next Friday and Saturday. It's a two-day event, a uh, very family-friendly event. Uh, there's no admission fee. You can uh, There's uh, admission $10 to park on the property uh, if you want to. Those proceeds help benefit the Townsend uh, fire department. Uh, but there's also, you can park around town. We have a shuttle service that runs from different areas all the way from the heritage center, uh, up to apple Valley. So if you can park on either end of town wow. and jump on the shuttle there and, and just take you right to the heritage center. But yeah, it's, it's, it's a wonderful event to have, uh, for this community, you know, being run so long and, and a lot of people, uh, some of the old timers, we call them, uh, they've made this an annual tradition for them. Mm-hmm. It has become, it is their annual vacation. Vacation. They come up here. They yeah. enjoy it so much. Some people have been coming 10, 15, 20 years uh, t- to come to this event, and they just make a great weekend out of it. Uh, we did a survey a few years ago, when kind of even went around the parking lot a little bit, and just looked at the different license plates uh, from people that come here. And it is it is definitely more than just an East Tennessee or North Georgia, you know, Western Carolina thing. Right. There are people from from Alabama, even all the way from up in the Northeast area. Midwest, you see Indiana, Illinois coming down to this festival. So, uh, you know, we, it's not a whole lot of advertising we do for it. It's just kind of a word of mouth thing that travels throughout the, the bluegrass community. And it's really a tight knit community that comes together uh, to play the music. Hmm. That's, you, you know, when, when you get to experience one of these picking sessions, I, I'm just, I grew up with musicians and my whole entire family is for the most part played something. And, you know, just a good old-fashioned jam session. It was just so amazing to see, to me, the raw talent that, that really comes out of these musicians. I mean, because they're just, they're just picking up and they're just feeding off each other. And it just, you can get some of the most beautiful melodies, some of the most amazing uh, just rhythms and, and sounds ever. And I... I, I I, my dad used to have a uh, an event every year at his house, and it was and that's what it was. It was just a jam session. People would come out and we'd cook out, and it was just a huge jam session. And it was always the best time. Uh, definitely, definitely want to check that out. I, I, one of the things I really love about it, right, is it starts at ten a.m. But it doesn't stop until the music stops. Exactly. Yeah, the the festival starts at 10 a.m. We kind of kick off the music uh, about 11. We have different stage acts that play about 45 minute sessions throughout the day. And even though the festival is supposed to end about six o'clock with the cra- when the crafters, or we've got about fifty crafters uh, on hand, uh, they've been known to play well into the night. It, you know, <laughs> talking well deep into that past, you know, past 10 o'clock or so, they'll they'll keep going and. And that's fine. It's it's great because you know people bring their lawn chairs out. Uh, they've mm-hmm. already uh, a few weeks ago. You know people actually uh, stake out their lawn chairs around uh, the Townsend Visitor Center, so they have a great spot for for viewing. And it's kind of one of the one of the neat traditions of the festival is uh, people know it's coming, and so about three week, two to three weeks out. People will start wow. tying down their lawn chairs around the visitor center so they can get a great spot uh, to do that in the in the back porch <laughs> area. But yeah, it's it's you know you know there's plenty of food available. We got food trucks there, so you can make a good good day out of it. Uh, there's plenty of uh, as I said, f- about fifty or so uh, crafters out there offering everything from from uh, honey and different uh, affinity soaps to to handcrafted mm. uh, belts and 
and all kinds of different things. You can find most of that information at smokymountains.org. That's where the, the site is. If you click on the events page, uh, it'll take you right there. But uh, there's a lot of good things going on. We've got blacksmithing. So if you haven't, if you haven't experienced a uh, guy, a uh, blacksmithing person, you know, he's got the fire going, mm-hmm. he's got his little, his hammer out and he's, he's, building art right there in front yeah. of you that you can see and it, it's not something you see a whole lot you don't see a whole lot of blacksmithing they do some cornmeal uh mixing uh cornmeal grinding and so they've got an actual cornmeal out uh, uh grinding machine out there that's run off of, uh, off a steam engine so wow. these, these are some really the, the old heritage type things right. that you don't see anymore you know most of it's all processed in some uh, you know, some plant in Illinois that you find your, your cornmeal done, <laughs> but you know, here and they, and they sell it in five pound bags and they, they mill it for you right there. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's fresh, uh, you know, it's, it's very organic in the, in that way. And so there's a lot of things going on, uh, from that perspective as well. Uh, you know, the handcrafters are, are very, you know, uh, personable and the people that come to the festival, uh, if you have questions about, well, how did you make this? Right. Uh, the conversations you can build, and if you if you find somebody that has a has a niche craft that you're kind of working mm-hmm. on, and you find somebody there, it's a great person to talk to because you know you you have that connection, but also they can offer you great tips about how they make this or do that. So it's it's been a, it's been a fun event to have uh, in this area for about thirty over thirty years now. That, I mean, that's amazing that that the tradition is carried on for that long. Uh, but that, that tells you something, right? I mean, when it, when you can have a festival for that long, that means people really enjoy it. And like you mentioned, this is some of the, a lot of them, it's their vacation. They, they plan their trip and they plan for this event every year. And that's just amazing. All right, Jeff, I'm gonna put you on the spot. Okay. All right. So what is the, one thing in particular that you love about that festival what is the number one thing uh for me personally i love the music i love the way that uh you talk about talk about the musicians you know there's professional musicians you hear on the radio but these people that play are just as good as a lot of those people that that you hear on the professionals yeah. professional music scene uh you know they don't get the accolades and, and a lot of them are you know just your neighborhood friends they're you know they're running the Napa auto parts store down where you are and, 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 you know, for their, for their afternoon or evening entertainment, you know, they're at home, uh, picking and playing, uh, like that. But, you know, uh, the clogging, the clogger dancers that come out and play and, and dance in front of the stage, uh, is, is fun to see too. Just the, just the active involvement of people getting out and just enjoying, uh, being out in the smoky mountains is, is exciting to see. Yeah. We all love being out in the Smoky Mountains anyway. So, well, you heard it from Jeff. The music and the clog dancers, you got to come check it out. Um, <clears throat> Townsend Fall Festival next weekend, Townsend Visitor Center, starts uh, 10 a.m. and goes until the music stops. So yeah. it sounds like it might just be 10 a.m. starts on uh, 10 a.m. on Saturday and ends, well, whenever everybody goes home after the weekend. That's, that's probably <laughs> true in a lot of respects. Uh, well, we are going to take a short break, but when we come back, we're going to talk a little more in depth about the economic development of Blunt County and the uh, Blunt County Chamber of Commerce and how they are helping to impact the community as well. Stay tuned with us here on Around the House with Scott Brokamp on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Welcome back to Around the House. I am Scott Brokamp, and in studio with me this morning is Jeff Muir from Blunt County Chamber of Commerce. 
Well, we've been talking about some really awesome events that are coming up in uh, Blunt County area. Um, at, talked a little bit about the Great Smoky Mountains Heritage Center, which, by the way, you can go to gsmheritagecenter.org to find out about all the events that are going on at the Heritage Center. Uh, the Townsend Fall Festival is coming up next weekend. You definitely won't want to miss it. It is at the Townsend Visitor Center. And, um, well, other than fun and food and music and leave watching all those great things there there's a lot happening in the Maryville Alcoa area Blunt County in general and well I mean most everybody has heard about obviously the Amazon Fulfillment Center we've heard about Smith and Wesson but I mean obviously those are two huge huge milestones for you guys and and our, our whole entire area you know that's what's beautiful about our east tennessee areas that the things that happen in blunt county or loudon county or anderson county all the development it it all continues to help our whole entire east tennessee area because you know we're a close-knit community even though we may be what are we i think what seven counties that kind of make up the metro area um <clears throat> we're we're all a very close-knit seven counties we may be different but we're really a lot alike you know yeah exactly and that's you know blunt county we kind of pitch ourselves as one as a regional employer and so we you know we draw people to work in this area if you if you follow pillisippi uh parkway uh in in the mornings uh, the traffic moving into the county uh, is just as much as it is going out of the county so uh, the blunt county has become kind of a regional hub for for employment and obviously adding the Amazon Fulfillment Center and Smith and Wesson, both of them are having their uh, grand openings uh, here in a couple of weeks. So we're excited to get them uh, started. It'll, uh, so Smith and Wesson was pretty much on on track. I think Amazon was probably delayed maybe about six or eight months uh, mm-hmm. getting started. Just uh, just the way the economy ran with some supply chain issues. Right. Because when you've got uh, over three million square feet of warehouse space to fill. It takes a lot of <laughs> a lot of materials to fill in that in, stuff. in in that in that fulfillment center. And so, uh, it'll be great having Amazon here because uh, they're talking about maybe cutting down uh, the time from you order to. Uh, the time it's actually delivered to your door probably less than a day now mm-hmm. uh, just because of the product that they have available there and the proximity of which, you know, this metro area can can handle it. It's the first facility in, in East Tennessee, and we were proud to, to have them located locate in Alcoa. So it's it's been wonderful to have, uh, you know, but, the, you know, the it's the economic engine that, that drives uh, that drives the car, I guess, for – uh, b- being able to put on the Great Smoky Mountains uh, 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 Heritage Festival, uh, put on these festivals. It's it's always right. these types of things that bring people here and want to, and want to experience that and want that be part of their life. And so uh, that's what we that's what we try to do. We you know people think that you know the Chamber of Commerce we we you know we we are this voice of small business in the area and we do drive some economic development but essentially what we do is we facilitate we facilitate mm-hmm. uh businesses that want to come into the area and get them associated meet the right people in the city and county governments to make sure that that you know they get the right permits they need at the right time and try to make sure it's a right fit for the community uh we you know we actually turn down a lot of people that 
prospects that want to move into the area. Uh, we really try to have a diverse set of uh, businesses there. So we're not following just one single economic trend right. because, as we know, there's a lot of up and down. So if there's a there's a peak in the construction industry. It may be a, a valley in, in automobile uh, manufacturing. And so we try to have a very diverse uh, economy of businesses in the area to make sure that, it, you know, if you look at the overall line, it goes pretty pretty much straight up, and you you avoid a lot of the pitfalls and and peaks and valleys right. that go along with it. And so uh, you'll find that we're really working to fill the Pellissippi Place, which is our research and development mm-hmm. technology technology park. Uh, we're trying to get some spots filled in there, so we're really working towards the the uh, technology sector. Uh, one of the growing sectors in this area is actually in aerospace. Uh, you know, Oak Ridge is going to, is put in to get an airport in Oak Ridge. Uh, so there's really a need for, right. uh, people associated with, um, with aerospace and, uh, not only in pilots, there's this, you know, actually a shortage for pilots in this country, uh, but also, uh, air, um, technicians to work on the, mm. the planes and the, and the engines and make yeah. sure everything's running and, and airline schools, uh, to help educate these people. They actually, the only really airline aerospace uh, educational facility is at Northeast Community College up in the Tri-Cities. And so we're trying to get one uh, built here because we have Cirrus Aircraft, mm-hmm. which is, you know, one of the largest personal uh, uh, aircraft vendors in this country. And they have their uh, center here where they do a lot of the training. Right. And so they want to bring up, be able to have people to, you know, work on these private planes that come in, mm-hmm. uh, but also have the ability to have extra pilots on, on hand. And also just to, you know, when you add another airport, you're adding a whole other sector of, of people that need to work in those areas. And so we're, it's all about creating jobs and, and opportunities for people. And one of the great things that we've seen uh, is, you know, uh, people talk about, you know, the minimum wage. And so you bring in uh, companies like Amazon and Smith and & Wesson, and, and they kind of waste raised the wage rate a little bit mm-hmm. higher and so that brings lifts everybody up a little bit higher too because other because of competition uh people are going to have to pay more for companies pay more for for people working so right. so that's you know that's one of the benefits of of actually you know finding these higher level uh pay, paying jobs and people that want to come in here and work uh, is trying to make sure that those uh, needs are fulfilled Right. Well, and, and, and we, I mean, we've, our area is, is gone through, in fact, the whole entire country has gone through somewhat of a, a pay correction, uh, you know, uh, post COVID and, you know, we've, we've all seen that. Um, and, but as a small business owner myself, I, I think one of the things that's helped us to identify and help us to see is that there are lots of ways that we can, make sure our employees are happy mm-hmm. and and it is embark it has had us to embark upon a lot of conversations that we probably should have been having or thought we were having but we weren't really having you know what i mean yeah and, and so uh you know yeah amazon's gonna be here and so now instead of me waiting two days i can get it today or tomorrow <laughs> you know the the world of instant but i feel like it's helped us as a business to kind of step back a little bit and and go back to those uh well some of those heritage roots of of having good communication and as a small business we want our employees to know that you do have input on the decisions that we make Mm -hmm. that you know what you do here is a part of who we are as a company and and then of course we all want to work together for 
well, the the end result or or the rewards that everybody wants. And, you know, not everybody's the same. Not everybody's motivated and driven by the almighty dollar. Some are, hey, I want more time off. Some are, I want different hours. There's things in life. And so, um, you know, we see some of that. And so when we have other uh, companies come in, such as your your Amazons and your Smith and Wessons, and, and we see some of the out-of-the-box thinking that they have done with how they handle employment and some of the things they do, it does. It helps all of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, it, it's kind of like any type of correction, right? It, it's a little rough to begin with, and it usually sways a little too far to one side, and then it gets leveled out and it mellows out, and then it ends up being a benefit for all. And so, you know, I, I know a lot of times we think about, we hear all the time, oh, everybody's moving here, everybody's moving here. Well, it, it's beautiful here. But also at the same time, there's there's a lot of great reasons to come here. Yeah, and, and one of those great reasons uh, is you've seen a lot in some downtown development in, in downtown Maryville. Uh, we've got about uh, 12 Blunt County developers, local people. Uh, we encourage them to really take a, a part in developing downtown Maryville. Uh, Alcoa has started their Springbrook Farm uh, uh, facility, uh, place where they're building out there. Alcoa, uh, you know, was was a company town started in the early mm-hmm. 1900s with the uh, Aluminum Company of America. They never had a downtown. It was just a company town. There was the, there was the mill, right. and there were houses around it, and that was that was all there was. And so they've really taken it upon themselves to build a downtown area. It's going to be filled with green space, uh, lots of walkable uh, greenway areas. And they've really done a great job of uh, really planning what types of uh, mixed-use facilities are going to be in this in Springbrook Farm, and so you're seeing a lot of that. They've already built, uh, you know, a couple of uh, apartment complexes there. Like there's like 600 units in there. There's a new food city out there. There's a couple of hotels. They're going to build some other mixed-use facilities mm-hmm. out there where there's you know uh, retail underneath and residential on mm-hmm. top. Uh, just you know, two three-story buildings, not really high, right. but you know, some opportunities like that. And you, I think you're you're seeing a lot of, and everything's walkable, and that's what we're really doing. Uh, you know, when we when Smith and Wesson and Amazon came in, they said, "Hey, we want to be tied into the Maryville Alcoa Greenway system. This is important for our employees, right. not only just for." You know, if they live close enough, they could walk in or bike in. But just for uh, you know, the health factor, people want to be out and getting healthier. And so, uh, people just like walking on the greenway. It gives them, you know, just that fifteen-minute walk during your break. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, can you know just flush things out a little bit of you and give you a fresh start to come back for the rest of your shift. Absolutely. And so, uh, and that's part of the downtown development center as well. There's a lot of great buildings in downtown Maryville. There's some good bones there, but uh, some of them have kind of fallen by the wayside a little bit. And so we're really working with these developers and really these are local people that are investing back into the community. It's not a developer from Mm. Charlotte or Atlanta just coming in and saying, hey, I'm going to build this just so I can get my money in and get out. These are people that actually have an investment in the community. They've been here for a long time. Uh, Some of them, uh, you know, really want to make downtown Maryville. One of the big one is uh, James Tomachek. He's really done a good job of uh, building a lot of different uh, mixed-use facilities. He's got one going across from uh, uh, Blue, Tick, uh, Blue Tick Brewery downtown. He's got a, a facility they're going to build there and some other things he's got going on uh, that are great. We, there's 20 different projects on the books for downtown development at different stages. Uh, and so we're excited to see that development coming into downtown Maryville. There's going to be a hotel uh, uh, built as well. So 
you know, that'll bring in some people too, especially along the 321 route into into towns. And Maryville's never really had a, uh, you know, a hotel. They've all been right. located by the airport properties. Yeah. And so this will be, you know, just a, a different sector uh, thing. And one of the really exciting things, you know, we heard heard from a lot of the young people that, you know, you know, we know about the mountains, we like the outdoor activities, but we want to do stuff indoors too. And right. so one of the things that is coming on board is the armory. There was an old armory mm-hmm. on Ellis street in downtown Maryville and uh, they cleared the lot and they're going to rebuild that into an entertainment venue, kind of a, like a maple hall, like you have in right, right. where there's, you know, a bar upstairs, there's things to do, you know, some, maybe an indoor bowling and some different in, indoor activities. Uh, but it's all about keeping our young people here. Uh, you yeah. know, they, we try to make sure that, they have op- ample opportunities to, to move on and, and enjoy their careers here. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, let's face it. I mean, I don't know why anybody would want to leave here, but they do. But again, it, it's about making sure that we have things in place that we're able to have everything we need for, well, quite frankly, for you to stay here. So, hey, listen, we're going to take a short break. But when we come back, we're going to talk about the Perfectly Blunt Awareness Initiative that uh, – Uh, Jeff and his team has got rolling through for Blunt County. So stay tuned with us right here on Around the House on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Welcome back to Around the House. Hope you have enjoyed listening this morning. I'm speaking with Jeff Muir from the Blunt County Chamber of Commerce. You can go to bluntpartnership.com and you can learn all about what's happening in Blunt County. Uh, economic development and well just about anything really you want to know there's links on there to get you around everywhere but while you're on there you will probably run across something that says perfectly blunt awareness what is that well, perfectly blunt uh, is just kind of our our little mantra that we have that talks about how uh, Blunt County is one of the the perfect places to live, work, and play, and we want to make sure that people know that uh, what the Blunt Partnership is doing to help make the community a better place. And so that's what's you know one of the the great things about Perfectly Blunt is a great play uh, play on words. You know, uh, especially from the manufacturing side, it's perfectly made, perfectly blunt in mm-hmm. Blunt County. You know, uh, if you want to go to the mountains, it's perfectly peaceful perfectly blunt so we have a great play on words that we can use with that uh as well but just trying to make sure that people understand that or put the word out more about the blunt partnership we've always been on kind of sat on the sidelines uh when it came to these type of things about uh really pushing out stuff from behind the scenes and i was just kind of want to make sure that people understand that you know we do a lot of things. We do uh, tourism development for the county. Mm-hmm. We do the economic development for the county. We also house the Chamber of Commerce, which is the voice of small business. And small businesses are the backbone of any community. Yeah, yeah we're happy to have the Smith & Wessons and the large manufacturers and, and the people that do a lot of the major employment. But it's really the small business people, like, you know, companies like yourself, that employ, you know, maybe it's just two people, maybe it's ten people. But those are the people, those are the companies that really drive everything we do because without them, you know, we wouldn't have people to, uh, you know, install security systems or uh, work on your car or, you know, change our oil and those type of things. And so those are, that's really what we want to focus on is really make sure that uh, people understand that we do the, when we do the events, we do a number of events throughout the year for the community. We host mm-hmm. uh, uh, Hops in the Hills in the summer on Broadway and, and during the summer. Uh, for community events. We have a uh, grains and grits 
Spirits Festival, which is part of the Tennessee Whiskey Guild uh, that we help create across the state. Uh, that's in November. Uh, that's that's a sold-out event, but that's another one of the fun things we do. Obviously, the Townsend Heritage Festival. Uh, we do a Taste of Blunt uh, in the spring. Just had that a couple weeks ago. Uh, we brought together you know 30 Blunt County restaurants and food trucks, and for people just to experience the different types of food that are in the area, and maybe you know somebody you haven't you've seen but you haven't really wanted to try, but hey, they're at the they're at the food festival. And you try it, and then you go go visit the business. And so, uh, we really try to make sure that you know uh, people understand that there are people behind the scenes that are working to make make this community a better place, and working hard with with the governments and and uh, and the people in general, the general public, to make sure that what we're doing uh, is for the betterment of the community. Because you know, if we all work together to make it a better place, then it will be. Mm-hmm. And so, we're just trying to make sure that that, that that's what's happening. Well, and you, you know, you're right. I mean, small business is the heartbeat to really essentially any community. Um, and, 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 you know, I'm so grateful to be a part of that in our community. And, and again, being here, even though we're, we're seven different counties around, we're, we're so close knit that look, if you're, you're in one, you're in them all. Right. And, and it's, uh, which is awesome. I, I think that is amazing. And, and I know, uh, just like you guys and several of the chambers around that you guys all work together. Because when we look at things, we understand the impact of those economic development and and the growth strategies of each of the different areas that they impact all of us. And, and so what happens in Blunt, it, it affects what happens in West Knoxville or Knoxville or Oak Ridge. And, you know, I'm sure there are many of people that work in Oak Ridge that live in Blunt County and vice versa. So. You know, what you guys do is a huge part. And I think a lot of people may not understand or know the underlying what kind of the heartbeat that you guys help provide within our communities you give small businesses an opportunity to get together but also those big businesses right so i know with many of our chamber affiliations we get to go in and we get to talk and meet with people that we probably wouldn't have otherwise so you know, that I know you guys do well. Yeah, that's one of the major things we do is we're facilitators. We try to bring people in the community together, uh, make sure that businesses have the opportunity to work with one another. Uh, but it's also about, you know, it's making the connections. And, you know, as a chamber of commerce, we don't promise we're going to, uh, increase sales to your business, but we will help you. We can put you in front of more people in one setting that you, then you can go visit in a week. And that's, yeah. and that's, and that's what it's about. It's about making those connections that work, that work for your business. Yeah. You, you are right about that. Some of the relationships that I know that we have built, um, through our time in, in different chambers is, is been just, uh, I, I mean, it's probably the most valuable thing that we have in our business. So thank you, Jeff, so much for thank joining you. us this morning. Uh, again, you can go to bluntpartnership.com. You can find out all that the chamber has to offer and what's going on in the Blunt County area. Don't forget the Townsend Fall Festival next weekend uh, starts at 10 a.m., goes until the music stops, and it will be at the Townsend Visitor Center. There's plenty of places to park, and, and if you can't park right there at the Visitor Center, there's some shuttle options available as well. You don't want to miss it. Uh, you know, and, and make your plans, make them quick because the leaves are going to be turning and it's going to be packed. So take a trip right on down 321, right through the heart of Blount County, mm-hmm. go do some sightseeing, go enjoy a beautiful weekend. 
Uh, right now, we are going to take a break. And Jeff, again, thank you so much for being here. And when we come back, we're going to be speaking with another Jeff <laughs> from Rural Metro. And we're going to make sure that we can keep you safe with your bonfires this fall. Stay tuned right here on Around the House on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. There it is. Welcome back to Around the House. I hope you're enjoying this beautiful day. Sun's a beaming. Such a nice, just a beautiful morning out this morning. Um, I, I hope it, if you're listening, it's you're listening outside instead of like we are cooped up inside this studio. Uh, I, I'm telling you, Chris, we got to figure, we got to figure it out, man. We got to get it. We got to get a porch. That's all there is to it. We got to get a porch. Uh, anyway, if you were listening the first hour, my first guest was Jeff Muir from the Blunt County Chamber of Commerce talking about all the great things happening in Blunt County. And, uh, man, there definitely was a lot. Don't forget the, uh, Townsend Festival down at the, uh, Townsend Center next weekend. You'll want to go and get in on some picking check out some crafts and enjoy uh there's a lot happening around town as always because well we live in beautiful east tennessee but of course today it's game day tennessee vols hosted texas san antonio roadrunners today at four o'clock if you don't have tickets you can watch the game on the sec network listen to the vol radio network on our sister station wivk and for the first time ever, the game will be broadcast in Spanish on the Tennessee Athletics app and on UTSports.com. If you're a history buff today, is John Sevier Day. And historic Marble Springs, the home of Governor John Sevier, is having a huge reenactment in Open House from 10 to 4. The event is free. Don't forget the Market Square Farmer's Market is open every Saturday. The season is winding down, and the last market day this year is November 18th. Get there while you still can. For a complete list of events happening around your house today, go to visitknoxville.com. That's visitknoxville.com. Well, uh, my second guest in here this morning is Captain Jeff Bagwell from rural metro uh he is a public information officer and well we're going to talk about a lot of cool things but i mean what better way to start off jeff than let's talk about the topic of the day today and quite frankly it is a topic that everybody is well aware of and everybody always seems to rush today is officially the autumn equinox okay okay you can now break out the pumpkin spice lattes or whatever it is that you want okay i am a uh, i'm a summer guy i love summer yeah i I don't like it when summer ends so you know everybody has been posting for a month that they're ready for pumpkin season and okay fine it's pumpkin time you can have your pumpkins get your jack-o'-lanterns out get your halloween decorations out i mean i got kids so we got to have some halloween decorations My wife is a, a well, it's near-death fear of spiders. <laughs> and so uh, our kids, and you know, you can tell we might joke around a little bit at my house, but we all decided that we were going to put a huge spider web with a huge 23-inch spider on the web outside the house this year. <laughs> so uh, we're sporting the spider. Looks pretty good. good we're wife. getting ready. But uh, anyway... Uh, so Jeff, let me ask you a question. Okay. 
What what's the strangest thing that you have ever had pumpkin flavored? I've not had a whole lot of pumpkin flavored stuff. Uh, I tried a pumpkin coffee one time, and uh, <clears throat> I wasn't a fan, so I did. I don't even think I finished it at all. But uh, I don't eat a lot of pumpkin pie. I know that's a big thing yeah. this time of year. Everybody's got to have pumpkin pie. Uh, my wife is a huge pumpkin scent person everything has to be pumpkin this time of year Mm. and i'm like okay you go do your thing because i don't i don't do that (laughs) so i haven't had a whole lot of of pumpkin stuff you know i like i like the little cinnamon spice i'm good with that yeah but uh let me let's face it i mean the best part about pumpkin pie is that you can literally unload the container of cool whip on it and (laughs) not be embarrassed so i mean that's how i like my pumpkin pie i'm not sure about you but but you know you know hey chris so are, are you are you a pumpkin latte guy are you a pumpkin spice fella i have never been one yeah me neither you know in fact i i'm the type of guy like when i go somewhere and i get coffee i order coffee and and then they say well do you want cream and sugar i said no i ordered coffee right right i mean coffee is is coffee right if you start adding things to it it's no longer coffee. coffee now it's a a latte or a a creamy sugary drink coffee is meant to be black <laughs> you you lost me on that one. I yeah, like well, cream and sugar on my coffee. In my coffee, go get it's, you some pumpkin spice, will you? <laughs> I hold my nose through through the fall to get to December, and then it's peppermint lattes. That is my thing when it comes to coffee. Oh Lord! Peppermint. Oh, see there. See, look. This is what happens. This is what happens with fall. Everything just gets rushed. Okay. Get, yeah. Like, like, Look, let's get through Halloween. Let's get through Thanksgiving before we get to Christmas. Yeah. I guarantee you this weekend there will be some retailer that has Christmas decorations out on the floor. It's already there. <sighs> this crazy. This you know, everything's gotta be hurried. You know, we're as I was talking with Jeff earlier, we were talking about the Amazon fulfillment center and you know, now we're gonna be able to get our stuff in, in, in the day. same day. <laughs> or a day. Yeah. Okay. Look. <laughs> I mean, there's times that I'm like, I really wish I, you know, I, I need this today, right? But do I really? Well, I thought I was listening to that segment, and I thought, man, can they can they deliver fire truck parts? Ooh. Because we really need those like today, and they take months. Yeah, yeah, uh, I'm with you on that. We, uh, you know, we there's still tons of supply chain issues. Yeah. I mean, it's so weird, even in our business, like. We can go and place an order today, and everything's great. And then two weeks from now, the most common product is on back order, and yeah, and it's going to be here. We don't know when. And uh, I will say this, and I don't, I don't like getting into political stuff, so I won't get into political stuff. But one of the things that I think that has occurred a little bit post COVID was that we've all had to stop take a breath and realize everything is not instant because we have been forced right. to wait for some things because they're not available. Yeah. They're not made. They're not ready. You're not getting them. Um, you know, and so I think it's important to slow down. So yes, as we talk about that, okay. All right. Listen, I'm not going to bash the, the pumpkin spice latte <laughs> group. Okay. But get whatever drink it is that you want. 
Take a step outside the door. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Yes. Take a deep breath. Slow down. Because I'm going to tell you, it'll be super busy very quick. Yes, it will. Anyway, so, uh, well, there we go. That's our uh, that's our topic for the day. Uh, fall is beautiful. I love fall. It, it really is. I do love yep. fall. Um, but as I tell my wife and, and my family, the one thing that I really don't like about fall is that I know that winter's right behind it. Yeah. I, I'm not a winter guy. I'm not a fan. Yeah, I don't like it. I, I'd just soon be able to wear shorts and t-shirt all year round. Yeah. So, uh, you know, hey, I, I guess I don't, you know, I don't have the privy of all that. So, anyway, here we are. We're in, we're in fall. It's finally here. It's beautiful out. Oh, yeah. And, uh, feels good. If you've been one of those that it's too hot to go outside, listen, now's the time. Hit the greenway, go take a hike in the mountains, yeah. go find some outdoor activities, go enjoy it. And, uh, Man, enjoy it now. Enjoy it now. Because when you get back in, mm-hmm. you know, you might live somewhere that you might want to go sit by a little fire afterwards in the evening time, right? Yep. So uh, we're going to take a short break. But when we come back, Captain Bagwell is going to help us keep safe. We're going to make sure that we don't hurt ourselves, others, or our properties That's right. as we're enjoying that little fire time. So, tune in with us right here after this short break on Around the House on News Talk 987 WOKI. <laughs> Welcome back to Around the House. Well, I guess we are your pumpkin spice today. <laughs> we we're are gonna, it. We are going to spice you up this morning. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. I am Scott Brokamp. <sighs> founder and co-owner of his security and technology and uh well i'm talking with captain jeff bagwell from the rural metro fire department i, I mean how, how was that for a start of your your show right there huh i like it All right. i like it so i hear i'm gonna i'm gonna take us down some rabbit holes i'm sure but one of the things is i really want to talk about is who and what is rural metro yep. and and let's let's get this taken care of subscription service Yep. So Rural Metro came to Knox County in 1977. And a lot of a lot of people want to give us credit for being the uh, the innovators or the first membership private fire department. And truthfully, for those folks that are that remember that are older, Knox County had private fire protection all the way back into the 50s. Wow. Uh, Fountain City Fire Department. uh, You had West Knoxville Fire Department. A lot of the places that are now incorporated by the city. Uh, and then Rural Metro came in and kind of brought some um, uh, continuity to the multiple fire departments that we had in the county at the time. So uh, Rural Metro is a private fire department. Uh, we don't receive any taxes from Knox County. So the only funding source we get is what comes from memberships with or contracts with individual property owners. That's uh, residential and business, industrial. All of them are, are the same. So uh, that's based on the square footage of your of your property, and uh, it's it's an annual mm-hmm. assessment, right? So, it, it, and and I know this is we have this conversation with all of our clients. In fact, every new client that we go to, even if they're not in a rural metro area, mm-hmm. uh, we work with you guys really closely. We hand them out a postcard. We make sure we have the conversation about signing up for subscription fire service yep. because from where i came from 
everywhere I've ever lived previously, it's always been included in my tax dollars. Mm -hmm. Even now, I live in Loudoun County, and we have, I'm in a volunteer area. So it's funded separately. It's not a subscription service. And so many people, they don't know. Right. They don't know that. And I, and I'm, you know, I keep banging my head and I know that you guys do as well. And, and you've got a gentleman out there who's working member services and, and trying to explain this and get the word out. Yeah. But, you know, it's like there should almost be a law that when you purchase a property that you get this huge, you know, big document. It's, it's got to be one of the 5,000 pages that you sign that you actually have to read. You yep. know what I mean? Because this is so important. Yeah. And there is and there is in the, when you purchase a house now, uh, there is a, um, a disclosure law in all those, what, 150 pages mm-hmm. that you have to sign every one of them or initial them. There is a page in there that stipulates who your fire department is so that the, the uh, mortgage group has to tell somebody uh, who the fire department is and whether it's a tax-based hmm. or it's a volunteer donation-based or if it's a, mem- a subscription-based. And a lot of times, unfortunately, that's not happening. That right. discussion doesn't happen. My daughter bought a house in uh, Powell, and that conversation never happened. Yeah. Now, the realtor had already explained it to her, but at the closing table, that didn't happen. Hmm. And that's something that's got to change because we've had people that have bought homes, moved in, burnt something on the stove, set off a fire alarm from his security. Mm-hmm. The fire department responds, and, and and then all of a sudden they get a bill three weeks later, and they're like, what the world? What in the world is this? Right. And, and we've had people say, well, you should have known it was a, it was a false alarm. Well, do you want us to not come? Right. You, you should want us to come right. every time. Right. Because if it is a fire, time is of the essence. We need to get there, and we need to be as quick as we can to put out that fire. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and then, of course, the flip side of that, then then they call us, and they're like, well, you know, it was a false alarm, and right. why, you know, now they want me to yeah. pay the bill, right? And they want you to pay it. And and the and the, the key is with you guys, just like anybody else, is, is there's a security code. You have to tell them who. Correct. Because right. they wouldn't want you to call them off. Right. If they're what. Right. You've got to have checks and balances. You you do. You do. And that's why, to me, we and we work really hard yep. in our company to have conversations with our team to make sure that we're having conversations with our clients. Yeah. And, it, you know, and it almost gets to the point now where we've even discussed having the conversation as far as not providing uh, monitored fire protection in a residential house if... They are in rural metro area and they do not have subscription service. But but yeah. but, but now but then that puts us in now we got to go and you know so listen it's just simple okay yeah. I, if you have a house if you have a property are you going to have that property without having homeowners insurance it, that's what I was going to say heck no same thing okay heck no in fact and and you may be able to test this I've talked to some insurance folks about it but there are some insurance companies that are denying claims because you didn't sign up for your subscription fire service. I can't speak to that, but I can tell you that insurance companies won't pay our bill. So, and we've got this later on in, in the in the segment, but, you know, if you're not a subscriber or a member mm-hmm. and uh, we send you a bill after the fact, uh, and that bill could be $35,000, $40,000, uh, your insurance company is not going to pay that. Mine, no. mine is uh, State Farm, and they will pay $500. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And so the rest of it's on me. So instead of spending 
250000 or whatever my policy has to replace my house and my contents. Now I have to take part of that money out hmm. to pay the fire department when it was much better to just pay the four or $500 a year right. on the front end. Right. So that's that's the other piece, right, is everybody thinks it's so expensive. Right. But it's really not. It's it's really not. I ask a, I ask a person one time how much they spend a month on cell phones for their family, <laughs> and you you're laughing because you've got several. Mine is probably three hundred and something dollars for five cell phones. Uh-huh. Uh So you know, my goodness, my my membership for my house is not four hundred dollars. Right. Yeah. A year. Exactly. And I'm paying three hundred and something every month. Exactly. Yeah. It, it's. It, I mean, it's essential. Let's face it. It it's not cheap to roll a fire truck, uh, right? But it goes. It it actually goes beyond the fire truck, though, doesn't? Oh it? yeah. There's a lot of other services uh, that we do for our members. We've come. We'll come out and change your smoke detectors, check smoke detectors or smoke detector batteries. You provide the batteries and the detectors because it's your house, your property. Mm-hmm. You need to have what you want. But we'll come out and put them up. How many people have cathedral ceilings now? Oh, my goodness. And you can't reach them. You don't have the, the ladders. We have a few ladders, uh, and we have guys that know how to use them. And we'll come out and change those. Uh, we'll put up smoke detectors for people that may not have them. Uh, and we get those through the state fire marshal's office. And uh, so we can we can do a lot of things. And then also we'll come out and do a home safety check. Mm-hmm. A lot of insurance companies will give you a discount for that, as well as they'll give you a discount for being a member of the fire department, mm-hmm. a supporting member. And uh, we'll come out and uh, and help you place fire extinguishers, things like that. Anything fire-related, that's what we're there for. But if you're not a member, right. I can't come do that because you're not supporting us. Now, do you guys, is ambulatory services as well? Uh, yes. Now, we, we come out with first responders. All of our trucks have EMTs and paramedics on them. Right. And we can do just about everything than an ambulance can do except transport you gotcha uh and um so we we can do all of that but that and that is included in your membership now the transport portion is not because that's through another party which is amr in knox county right so um so therefore we can we can do all of those things and i've actually personally been in somebody's living room started an iv given medication talked to a doctor on the phone transmitted an ekg and got a diagnosis and immediately gone straight to a cath lab when we get to the ER. Wow. So, and and stop that person's heart from from being damaged while I'm sitting in their living room waiting on that ambulance to get there. Wow. So those kind of things are priceless. You can't you can't put money on that. No, no. I mean, you know, a, a few hundred bucks a year. Yeah. I mean, let's face it. It, it literally when you, when you start talking about what the actual real cost is to right. subscribe to service you're you're talking what you're you're going to skip going out to eat a couple of times you yeah. know and that's it i mean let's be real uh it, you know it, it's i i cannot and and again like i say we we do we we go out and we try to preach mm-hmm. that listen just Sign up for servers, yep. you know, because when you when you experience a false alarm, not if, yeah. but when, okay? Yeah. Just like we tell our customers, we're here when you need us, not if, but when, because it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Something's going to go wrong. Something's going to break. Something's going to need service. Something's going to, right? So when this happens, the bill that comes behind that, yeah. okay? So 
you guys are rolling, you're rolling two trucks? On an alarm. On an alarm. Right. So two trucks. How much is it going to cost me for two trucks for a false alarm if I don't have service? $3,600. $3,600. Mm-hmm. And, and, and a house fire gets five trucks. So, and, and to think that, well, it won't ever happen to me. Uh, we've had people in storms. We've had more lightning storms yeah. this year than yeah. I can remember. You and me in both. Knox County. Yeah. Plus a tornado. I mean, when was the last time you sat in your living room and said, I think we'll have a lightning storm tonight and, and I also get struck? You never think about that. Mm-mm. And again, I've had, I know of one particular home that got struck by lightning uh, and had a fire in the attic and uh, they weren't members. And the problem is, is that you now they have another problem on top of that. Right. Right. And they never planned for that. Mm-hmm. And it's 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 sad. We don't like sending those kind of bills out, but it is business. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it, there's a lot of cost associated. And, yeah. and let's face it, those fire trucks are not cheap. No, oh, no. It, it's not like you're going and buying a little Tonka toy. OK, <laughs> these are real operating big trucks. fire trucks. So, um, it, it, uh, I I cannot stress it enough. If you're listening and you live in a rural metro area, make sure that you subscribe to service. You don't know if you live in a rural metro area? Well, go to ruralmetrofire.com. You can put your address in and it'll let you know. It'll let you know if you are in a subscription area or not. Yep. So very simple. And, and I know your team does very well. With anytime somebody purchases a property, you guys, well, uh, y'all, you really do a good job of chasing them down. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's, in fact, we have those conversations. There is, there's no way that you can tell me that you didn't know. Right. Because I know personally from working with you guys that there is at least five touches that occur to every new homeowner, whether or not you open the mail and read it. That's right. That's another conversation, but right. uh, the attempt has been made, and you got to know. And I'm just telling you, this is you're talking a few hundred bucks that really not only save your property yeah. but save your life. Oh yeah. So, um, anyway, I, I'm gonna get off my soapbox because <laughs> I know that's really your soapbox. But I like it. Uh, you Preach know, on. I uh, I'm, I'm dealing with a I'm dealing with a customer right now. Yeah. That same situation. So. Uh, anyway, we are going to take a short break, but when we come back, as promised, we're going to talk about some bonfires and fire yep. pits and outdoor safety for enjoying this beautiful fall weather as fall is officially here. So stay tuned with us right here on Around the House, News Talk 987 WOKI. Welcome back to Around the House. Hope you're uh, enjoying listening this morning. I've had a, well, it's a day of Jeff's here. Yes, um, it is. So, uh, yeah, Mr. Jeff from Blunt County Chamber of Commerce, and yeah. now we've got Captain Jeff from Rural Metro Fire Department. So, uh, listen, <clears throat> it's okay if you want to have a pumpkin spice latte. Yeah, we determined that. Today. Today only. How's that? <laughs> We're going to stop it after today. But... But let's talk about, look, now's the time of year, everybody, they're they're wanting to go sit in the backyard, they're wanting to enjoy the fire pit. Yep. Obviously, you know, look, it's harvest season, mm-hmm. okay? Bonfire is upon us. Yep. Uh, there's there's a lot of things we need to be mindful of, isn't there? There is. Uh, in Knox County, uh, and you mentioned you lived in, over in Loudoun County, 
great place. I love to go down there. I've got friends in Lenore City. But um, in Knox County, you have to have a burn permit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get that. You can go online to uh, knoxcounty.gov, and it's under air quality management. But fire pits, and I have one in my backyard uh, that I've cre- that I've made, the biggest thing is to be smart with what we do. Obviously, you don't need to be burning household garbage. That's a no-no. Uh, right. And, uh, and you don't need to burn things that are in construction materials, things like mm-hmm. that. Natural wood, um, uh, tree branches, things like that, logs, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, we have a lot of people this time of year that want to burn leaves. Mm. Those are no-nos. Yeah. Uh, and especially it is very dry out there. Some parts of Knox County got a little shower last night, Mm -hmm. but it is Mm -hmm. very dry. Yeah. So we want you to a have a burn permit. There's not a burn ban right now, but we want you to have a burn permit and, uh, and then follow those rules. IE it's gotta be a certain size. It has to be out at dark. Mm. Um, and people think, well, you know, it's, it's contained, it's good. Or I put it out. Uh, how well did you put it out? What did you do to put it out? We've actually had cases where people have put out a fire, they think, and um, only to find out six hours later that the fire has now rekindled and is burning toward their house. Hmm. Or in one case last year in West Knoxville, it burned down their shed, their neighbor's shed, their wooden <laughs> fence, uh, because they thought the fire was out and they left. Mm-hmm. And you just don't know when a little bit of wind is going to pick up because right. we are in fall, yeah. just like spring. So we have changing of seasons. That means you have cold fronts, warm fronts, whatever. I'm not a meteorologist coming through. Uh, and they can kick up those embers mm-hmm. and can start and spread a fire. So we want you to, like in a fire pit, you have blocks around it or it's recessed in the ground and real nice. Uh, and those are better areas for a little fire than than just having it out in your yard right uh and burning things and and my grandmother used to for years want to rake stuff aside and then set it on fire yeah yeah my wife likes to do that too and i'm like no 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 we don't do that anymore stop you know and she's i call her the pyromaniac and if she's listening she'll get me later (laughs) but but that's but a lot of people like to do that Mm -hmm. and you just have to be smart about it true uh uh, have a garden hose out there. Uh, if you're gonna if you're gonna have a bonfire at night, certainly we'll probably have one tonight. Be a great night for it after Tennessee whoops some butt over there in in Neyland. So it'll be a good night for it. But uh, but it'll be in contained my my pit. Yeah. And uh, we'll sit around it. We might roast some marshmallows with the with the grandkids or the neighbor kids, uh, and uh, might even roast a, a hot dog or two. But those are good times. Uh, when we can do that, in my opinion, we probably don't do enough of those kind of mm-hmm. events yeah. in our society anymore. We're too hustle bustle. We're on the go all the time. Yeah. Sometimes we need to slow down and enjoy because as right. you said a minute ago, fall will be gone yeah. before we can turn around. And it, then it'll be it cold and we'll be all mad. Right. Right. The people that are complaining it's hot or be complaining it's cold here in just yeah. a couple of months. I live with one of those. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I, no comment. Uh <laughs> So, all right. So I'm going to, I'm just going to ask this. Yep. So in general, let's say I've got a fire pit outside. I have a fire and I'm going to go to bed. What, how long does it really honestly take for that fire to be distinguished to where that it is safe? If there are, and I've had this conversation with my son who likes to stay up late. Uh, if you've got a log that mm-hmm. is red hot yeah uh it needs a lot of water 
several gallons of water to put out, even in my uh, 36 by 36 fire pit. So um, uh, a lot of water and fuel separation. A lot of people think, well, I can just put water on it. It'll put it out. If the fuel, which is that wood or paper mm-hmm. or whatever you're right. burning, is still compressed, then therefore it can still touch each other right. and it can spread. So you want to divide that. My dad used to used to take a stick and spread the logs apart yeah. at a campfire. Yeah. Even though it was surrounded by rocks, yeah, uh, you still spread it apart and then put water on it. Yeah, uh, but it may take it may take an hour uh, for it to completely go out. Yeah, and uh, and you really want it to go out. I've got up in the middle of the night and found that my son did not put out the fire like he was supposed to, and I go out there at two in the morning and put it out, mm. make sure it's out right, mm. because mm. I'm I'm fearful. I've seen it. I've seen right. seen those kind of things happen where it starts from a pile of trash or brush or what have you. Yeah. Well, and it, it, I mean, we used to do, when I was a kid, we used to do quite a bit of camping mm-hmm. and, you know, same thing. We would, we would have a contained area yep. for fire. And well, quite frankly, you got to have a fire. That's your heat source. Cause when I say camping, I mean, it was a tent, you know? Yep. And, but so many times you, you'd go to bed at night and then you'd wake up the next morning and all you do is restoke the fire to cook right. breakfast. Right. So if you think about it, right, that was the whole entire night that it was still a very viable and and potentially dangerous oh, fire. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, people that had uh, wood stoves and fireplaces that heat with that. Yeah. Uh, at night, we encourage you to shut that damper, mm-hmm. bring the fire down. Yeah. You don't need to go to bed with a roaring fire right. in your fireplace. Mm-hmm. And people say, well, how am I going to stay warm? Well, get another blanket. Right. You know, it's okay. That right. fire that's burning two rooms over is not going to help you in your bedroom. Right. Right. Snuggle with your spouse. It's right. okay. It's okay. Right. Come on. As long as you let every you. little huggle snuggle. It's good. It's good. So, all right. So, bonfires. Uh, what about grill safety? And, yep. and, and, you know, there's a lot of cooking going on. And, of course, you know, we got the green egg phenomenon. Oh, yeah. And, you know, everybody's into smoking and, you know, which has been going on for a while now. So, yep. look, let's face it. You build a house, you want to grill right outside the door. Right. Okay. So, and I'm not saying that, you know, you might disagree. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, no. but there's things that you need to do to make sure that it's a safe thing. That's right. I mean, and, and again, I've seen where people, uh, they grill right out so the door. When we, we're talking right out so the door, I'm telling you, he stepped out the door and there was the grill. Right. And uh, and we tell people, look, it needs to be at least four or five feet away. Mm. Uh, well, I don't want to get wet. Well, take an umbrella. I mean, if you're far enough out. But I have one of those uh, eggs that you talked about. Mine's not green. Mine's red, which is okay. But it cooks the same. It's a red egg. But, um, you know, the, when you start the fire, it burns real the flames are up. Right. When you walk away from it, mm-hmm. shut the lid. Right. Gas grill, same thing. Shut the lid. Mm. Uh, people don't understand that that grease from mm. your food drops mm. down in that in right. that grill, and eventually it could catch on fire. So close the lid. Mm-hmm. Let whatever's under there burn. Yeah. But close the lid before right. you walk away. We've had fires underneath uh, covered porches. Yeah. Where people walk away from them. You have an active fire. I realize it's. It's fueled by fuel that you are giving it. Right. If it's a natural gas or propane, that's still a fire. Mm-hmm. And if I put a piece of paper up next to it or a piece of wood, it doesn't matter. It's going to burn it no matter what. Absolutely. Absolutely. So 
it's an active fire. Shut the lid before you walk away uh, and have it a safe enough distance away from your house. Now, you mentioned smokers and and uh, and hot and um, what do they call the things you drop a turkey in? Deep fryers. Oh, them deep fryers. Oh, my word. Uh, I've talked about deep fryers forever. But um, again, don't do that in your garage. Right. We've had people try it. Uh-huh. <clears throat> And they've usually seen a visit from us. Uh-huh. We would much rather you call us just to invite us for the food rather than invite us to put out your fire. Um, but we've had that happen. Mm. Do it in a garage. Yeah. Stop. Think. Right. Put it outside. Put it 10 feet away from your house. It's okay. It's the, A little bit of raindrops on it are not going to hurt it uh, if it's a smoker or something like that. Uh, so, And I keep going back to this because it's, it's true. Common sense goes a long way. And unfortunately, we have a lot of people that don't have common sense, but that's what a lot of it is. Yes. And the and the adage that says, well, it won't happen to me. Well, it can happen to you. You're in the security business. It can. It And it does. And it, and it does. And it probably will at yeah. some point in your life. Uh, my father is uh, 83 next, this month, uh, next month, October. And he's never had to call uh, the fire department for a fire. But he's had to call the fire department to help him up out of the floor mm-hmm. to help transport him to the hospital. So the likelihood that you're going to have a fire in your house, the chances may be slim. But there's a whole host of other things that you may need the fire department for, not just because your house is on fire. Yeah. Well, it, and I experienced in neighborhood that I lived in uh, that a house caught on fire. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then the two houses next to it sustained damage. Yeah. Okay. So, again, the fire department had to put the fire out on those houses, too. Yep. Okay. So, when when you move from property A to property B, okay, just because the fire was at property A doesn't mean that they're paying your bill on property B. That's right. Okay. And so, again, it's another one of those... I just, I can, I've never found a logical reason to explain why you would not subscribe to fire service. The only thing that I know is, again, is we have a lot of people that move here from other areas and and other states. And and quite frankly, again, Mm -hmm. the majority of places that I have lived, all of those services were covered either through volunteer service or they were covered in my taxes. Yep. And so when I learned of subscription service, it was, I'm like, wow. That's I've never yeah. heard of that. And yep. so and we do, we hear that a lot. Yep. But that's why it's so important that people are aware. That people they have know. to be. They have to be. And and like you said earlier, we, we work very hard to uh, to try to get into neighborhoods to go see people, to let people have the opportunity to ask those questions and, and of course then obviously answer them. But uh, but it's very important that they be a, a subscriber to the fire department. It's it's just another service. It's another mm-hmm. yeah. thing, and people say, "Well, you know, I'll roll the dice." Yeah. Okay, well. that's that's scary to me. Well, uh, it's it's just it's a service not to not to take lightly and to well think that it's just going to be there because right. um, you know that's that's how it works here. So, anyway, if you are new here, if you've just moved here, maybe you've been here a hundred years, maybe you know of Rural Metro, maybe you don't. I just want you to go to ruralmetrofire.com. Yep. Make sure, check your property. Make, if you're in rural metro area, 
make sure you've got a subscription. If not, sign up today, okay? In in payment plans, okay? Yeah. You can do a payment plan. If if three, four, five, six hundred dollars is too much to cover your, you know, six, seven, eight hundred thousand dollar house, you can do a payment plan. Yep. Okay. Yeah, monthly. So easy. Don't do not sacrifice all of your hard earned work for the beautiful home that you have and for your family and cheap out on a few hundred bucks. That's all I'm going to say. With that, we are going to take a short break and we're going to come back and we're going to figure out how to fuel the fire for the rest of this fall season. Right here on Around the House with Scott Brokamp on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. The whistle. Welcome back to Around the House. We are in the home stretch here, our final segment, and we are talking with Captain Jeff Bagwell from the Rural Metro Fire Department. We are talking safety. We're talking protection. We are talking about, man, make sure that you sign up for service. If you don't know about it, you can go to ruralmetrofire.com and you will learn. If you were like me who moved here from another state mm-hmm. and never ever heard of anything about a subscription fire department or subscription services uh let me just tell you it's not covered if you're in knox county right now there are yep. areas knoxville the city of knoxville city of knoxville that has is their own fire department that's included in your tax dollars yep right but if you're in the county knox county it is not included in your tax dollars and so if you need a fire truck you don't want to be paying thirty forty thousand dollars out of pocket uh, for when you could just simply pay a few hundred dollars and it's uh, way less than your homeowner's insurance. No doubt about it. So Jeff, I, I, I'm just going to have to go there because we are in the fall season. Yep. And, uh, Christmas is coming. Okay. And every year we hear of a tragedy of a Christmas tree catching on fire <laughs> every year. What, what are things that we can help to avoid those consequences, mm-hmm. um, what are things that we need to look for? What are things we need to do to protect ourselves and our family? Yeah, so time at Christmas trees, uh, obviously a live tree has to have water. And and not just water once a month, once a week, uh, like every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, as much as you put water in your dog's or your cat's bowl, you need to put water in the tree. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and people have said, well... Does that really matter because the tree doesn't drink water like my Great Dane does? Okay, well, that may be true, but your Great Dane may be drinking the water out of the Christmas tree bowl. Right. And that's happened. Mm. You know, the, do- the dog's getting plenty of water because he's drinking his, and then he's drinking the one out of the Christmas tree. Mm. And so the tree has no water. It takes literally seconds. You can, you can go to YouTube and look at videos upon videos yeah. of Christmas trees that go up that are dry. Yep. And you think, well, it's still green, so it's not dry. Well, it's still dry. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it is still very dry. So we'll do another segment this year with the news media, and we'll burn a Christmas tree, and we'll show you how quickly it can it can ignite. Now, we've done a lot of things uh, g- globally, I guess you could say, with uh, with lights. Used to it was the old, you and I remember the old incandescent that got mm-hmm. hot oh, lights. Yeah on a live tree or even on an artificial tree. Our yep. first artificial tree at my parents' house was plastic. Yep. And so that would melt the plastic. Well, now we've got LEDs. We've got all this. Other, and that's great. That's great for fire prevention of that tree. But, A, you got to have it watered. And then if you say, well, I don't have to worry about watering it because I've got LED lights. True. 
but maybe true. But then you've also got that space heater that's sitting right there next to the Christmas tree, or you've got the fireplace or the wood stove. There are too many other things that can generate heat near a dry tree. So the tree has to be, has to have water in it at all times. And then there's the artificial trees. Got to worry about them too, because people put things on the trees Mm -hmm. that may be flammable. And then again, that, that heat source that's close to it. Every year it happens. Last year we had one on Christmas Eve. Remember how cold it was? Mm-hmm. We were out in the bitter, bitter, bitter cold uh, working on this fire, and we were able able to get uh, all of their Christmas presents out mm-hmm. and uh, those kind of things. And, and you got to remember, all of our guys, we still have hearts. Right. Uh, and we still, uh, while we love our jobs and we love what we do and we love serving people, uh, but we want people and kids particularly to enjoy Christmas mm-hmm. and have the presents uh, that are under the tree. So we, we were able to get those out a few Christmases ago. We had to do the same thing on a Christmas day. Uh, and you got to also think when you talk about Christmas trees and deco- decorations, uh, we think about uh, the the decor that requires electricity. Yep. So we plug that stuff in. And now what we have is we have overloaded circuits and one's overloaded on top of another. Uh, my wife sent me a picture of her under her office, at, under her desk, all these cords and plugs and power strips. And she said, is this a fire hazard? And I said, don't show this to me again. Okay. Yes, it is. Uh, but, you know, so those kind of things happen. People use outdoor lights inside, inside lights outside. Uh, they get wet. They cause uh, fuses to trip. Hmm. And and older houses that are not don't have the the proper breakers in right. the, that new ones would. Yep. Well, now we have more of a problem with the circuitry, and we can overload it, and we can cause a fire in an attic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mentioned the house fire a few years ago in on Christmas. Um, we we had literally they, the homeowner had no idea that the fire was burning in their attic. No idea. Yeah. So you got to be prepared for those kind of things. Yeah, I've uh, yeah I, I've dealt with a couple of those. So um, all right. So look, we are almost out of time, but there's one thing I do not want to pass this up, and this is listen, okay? If you hear sirens, yeah, and you're in your car, pull your over to the side of the road, right, and make room for our emergency vehicles. I I mean, look, my office is on Kingston Pike. In Campbell Station, and every single day I see somebody who the fire trucks coming right up, and they just drive right through the intersection. Yep. Okay, get out of the way, get Law out of the way to the right, please. Yep, please pay attention. Anyway, right. all right, that's my PSA for today. That's right. Uh, listen, if you don't know if you are in there in rural metro area, ruralmetrofire.com that's ruralmetrofire.com Jeff Bagwell thank you very much for being here with us today hey if you've missed part of today's show and you want to listen again there's a link on my website go to hissecurity.com and just click on the ATH radio tab to find recordings of past shows I want to thank my guests this morning for being here Jeff Muir with the Blunt County Chamber and Jeff Bagwell from Rural Metro have a topic or guest you'd like to hear on the show send us an email to thehouse at hissecurity.com Around the House is produced by News Talk 98.7 with guest coordination services from B Media Savvy. Have a great first day of fall, and I hope you enjoy some quality time around the house today. Go Vols, or as they say in Spanish, Vamos Vols!